he's like, my wife and I decided we're going to call you the plug for love. And I'm like, okay. Control, this is Agent Olgren. I need a request to open up cell 311. Free Me Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Free Me TV, Free Me Podcast, Coming Home Coalition. I am Thomas Free Me. Thank you for coming. Please make sure to hit the like. Please make sure to hit the subscribe if you choose to do so. I would recommend it, though. Um, As promised, man, bam. Chelsea Holmes, star of Prisoner of Love, a hit series on Discovery Plus. Man, if you have not watched it, man, I implore that you watch this show, man. And then come and watch my breakdowns so you can get a full understanding of what's going on here in America. So, I'm bringing Chelsea on to talk about and discuss how she got interacted with prison matchmaking and then how she went from that to the Discovery Channel, man. So, check it out, man. It's a really good interview, packed with information, keeping it real, keeping it honest, free me TV. That's all I know to be. Peace. Enjoy the show, man. So, Miss Chelsea Holmes, the beautiful, beautiful, infamous... Chelsea Holmes. How are infamous. you today, mommy? <laughs> <laughs> infamous. I think I'm prison infamous, right? <laughs> well, that came up in the show. That came up in the show. The infamous Chelsea Holmes. That's me. Yeah. So how Thanks are you? For having me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Making matches and living my best life currently. How busy has your life gotten now? It's stupid. Like since the show, I swear, I feel like it's it's next level. Um, thousands of people in my DMs wanted me to post their loved ones or find them matches, and I'm slightly overwhelmed currently. So how did all of this come about, Miss Holmes? How did you? I mean, I mean, you're you're sitting around one day. How did you even get affiliated with the prisons? How did you even start? start this business that you have? So I uh, decided to go back to school and I was taking a liberal arts class and he talked about like expanding your circle, you know, um, talking to people you normally wouldn't affiliate with. And I was, you know, sitting there, I'm like, who am I going to talk to? Like, you know, I'm not one, I don't go out to bars and I wasn't like looking for new friends. And I remember, you know, as a kid, you always like the pen pals back in the 80s and 90s. It was a big thing. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll get a pen pal. So I Googled it and all these prison pen pals started popping up. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I started writing um, guys on death row and started building friendships with some of them and ladies as well. And from there, I started helping out with this wrongful convictions group out of California called the Last Chance Project and mm-hmm. started making connections uh, with people incarcerated all over the U.S. And they would ask me, hey, can you find my, you know, find my celly a pen pal? So I was constantly posting people and I had the idea to have them do like the videograms and send to me so that people could get like a better you know, view of who that person is. And it just, it took off. It was like a matter of like this one guy, I posted him. I said, I just want to try something. He sends me the videogram. I post him. And within 24 hours, he has a thousand women mm. on his player. 
so he went from having like five well, I know he was loving that he was terrified <laughs> he was he, he messaged me he's like I don't know what you did but stop I can't handle this it's like I haven't had female interaction in 10 years and now I have a thousand women I'm trying to entertain so and then just took off from there it was all about just finding 10,000 matching compatibility with people Mm-hmm. And I could even see that cat. I don't even know him, but I could see exactly as soon as that email came in and these women came in, he probably got so excited when it got about 15 of his homeboys and they're all sitting around the computer, just looking at all these women, you know, yep. and, and all of them writing down addresses and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's what we do, you know? Yep. So I, I, I want to remind you that this is a free form discussion here on Freemie TV. You know, I don't want this to really be you know, Q&A, I want this to be free form. Um, you know, my experience, you know, we, we know each other uh, for several months now. And, and you're more than welcome to, to pick my brain as well, you know, and, and we can converse, you know, in that fashion as well. So mm-hmm. um, because my experience is all on the inside, you know, as, right. as I've um, discussed in some of my breakdowns, you know, I, I was one of these pen pal hustlers, you know, I, I would, I would go out, I would take, you know, you know, flicks and, and send them out and, and be on like three or four different pen pals. I don't know if I was on yours or not. I really don't know, but I, I would, whichever ones I could get my hands on, you know, so I do have experience in, in a lot of this as well. So feel free to, to pick away, but so you, you get into, you get into that discussion and, and then you get into um, hooking these guys up and whatnot and you realize that this is this is something that you can capitalize off of exactly so I started charging the guys first just for posting um, you know and their families like were cash apping me or um, paypaling me money and then I realized okay well there's there's like a market for this like all these guys are like thirsty you know for attention um, so I, I started, you know, with it, I was just like posting the pen pals, letting the pen pals, letting them make the connections themselves and trying to find out if there was like a chance for love potential, or if it was just going to be friends, or if it was really just going to be, are these guys just going to use these ladies and whatnot. And from there, um, I started sending questions out. So I'd send quite like when the people on the outside, when they reach out to me, they'd be like, Hey, I'm looking for a guy to talk to. I'm lonely. I just want companionship and love. I'd send them, you know, a question. So like, what are you looking for? Like, are you, are you really looking for love? Or are you just really looking to have somebody to talk to? Or are you like, what's your type? Because I felt like a lot of the women that were reaching out were looking for one thing, but that didn't match them in real life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm like, I'm not trying to be that person. No, but please. I mean, this get, is, you know, you, you get these women, they're like, this is an important topic. Six kids and no teeth. And they're looking at, and they're 50 years old and they're looking at like a 25 year old that, you know, got that convict build and tattoos mm-hmm. and super hot. And it didn't match. Like, is this guy going to on the street, is this going to be somebody that's going to come up to you and want to date you mm-hmm. or, you know, even converse with you? No. So why would you think that you are going to get that now just because he's in prison? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't match. Um, so I started doing question sets and trying to like filter through and have more conversations with the people about reality 
and and what they were looking for and what they needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we all have that type. Everybody has a type. And it's also what I did with the, the people locked up. Like, I'd ask them, like, what's your type? You know, what are you attracted to? And so the ones that say, oh, it doesn't matter what they look like. It's what's on the inside flyer. Right. You a lie. You are a lie because I'm telling you right now, if, if I sent you that person I was just talking about, that that's not going to be somebody you mesh with physically. It's going to be you just hustling these ladies for money. So, or other I, things. It, you know, it's it's not always money. You know, I never right. asked any of my pen pals for money. I didn't. At this time, I was hustling pen pals for books. So yeah. because because I was so thirsty for knowledge, I didn't have people to order me books, anything of that nature. Of course, the books that I was trying to to get a hold of, the prison doesn't offer, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to get pen pals and, and, and have them order me books. So it's well, I guess I guess in a way it's it's monetized in a way, my mm-hmm. hustle, you know, but it different. It's a different hustle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, again, but these well, these are. Some guys told me too. Some guys have told me too, like that they were just looking for entertainment. So they just really wanted these women for entertainment while they were locked up. I get it's, it. It's it's to each of their own. You know, it's to mm-hmm. each of their own, and it's just we all have agendas in some sense. But you're absolutely correct. It's up to the individual that's in the free world to to understand what that agenda is of yeah. the inmate that they're contacting, and us as well. You know, because that's the first thing I question is, why is this person reaching out to me? Right. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of them, probably 99.9% of them were the ones as, as you described, you know, mm-hmm. just, just the type that when, when we get the pictures of them, we know that they're just desperate for attention. You yeah, know, it's all in their first letter, their introduction, all of that, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just right picking. You know, so I get it. It's 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 dependency on both sides. So, have you had the privilege of being part of anything that was positive, a good, wholesome relationship that makes you proud of the fact that you started this this business? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. Um, I have a marriage actually. So I'm going to a wedding in November, the end of November, where, yeah, where I matched them and they just, it was just the right match. Like they clicked, bonded, they're living together. Um, He's trying to adopt her children. And I mean, it's it's just like a beautiful love story. And there's a, there's a lot of them. And, And so those, yeah, I'm most proud of because I know that like the guy and the girl. So I send the people on the outside, like multiple options. Do you know what I mean? So I don't just send her like one guy say, Hey, try to write this one. I send them multiple options just so I can see like, you know, different ethnicities, different everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the first one I sent her. I didn't even send her number two or three. The first one I sent her, I go to send her another one. She's like, no, I'm good. She's like, you hit it with the first one. Mm. Like, oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I got, got it some, but then some are like, just flops like the exact opposite like I send them 10 different people and they're like no this is not really the person I'm looking for or I reached out and it felt generic or Mm -hmm. 
It didn't feel like it was a heartfelt response from him. But then that makes me also question, like, what are you sending them? So a lot of times I'll be like, send me what's your, your like your intro message. Let, let me see it. Let me see if you're feeling genuine in your original you know, message to them. And a lot of times they don't. It seems like, I don't know, almost like not, I'm not saying bragging, but it seems like they're, they're trying to tell them what all they got going on good for them instead of trying to show like the, their true self. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And these are some of the red flags that I pointed out in the breakdowns, you know, when, when you're yeah. meeting somebody, you know, and the biggest thing is, is whether a person is talking about their past or their future. If a person is talking about their past, you know, because we ha- there's lots of us in there that do that, you know, talk about we'll have pictures of our, our cars that were seized and gone that we no longer have. We'll have pictures of people that told on us just at part, you know, just pictures of our past and we hold on to that. You know, so these are these are red flags. But to to end this on this on this topic here, let me ask this. You deal with a lot of inmates. How many roughly ballpark? Five thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand? I probably have ten thousand through like JPay, Securus, getting out through all those apps. Letters, like the ones that can only write letters, probably a thousand. Yeah. What is your overall personal consensus of inmates that you you know now that you've been dealing with with just multiple of all races, different states, I'm sure, all different kinds. What is your overall consensus of inmates? Yeah, obviously not negative. Look at my business. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I'm I want to be, be be the person to put positivity in these people's lives on both sides. So my heart is with the inmates. I'm there more for them. And it just so happens that I'm trying to find them love on the outside. Um, and, and I have a, like a lot of relationships with these guys and girls that are not me trying to find them love. This is me. I almost feel like their mother. Like I've like started to like mother some of them and as far as like our correspondence. So I have, you know, it's like they, they pull on my heartstrings. Even the ones that are, their intentions aren't, what I want them to be like, I still have a weak spot for them. I, I probably always will. So bam, you spread like wildfire, man. And then you get contacted by discovery mm-hmm. who, who, um, who I guess catches some of that, that flame. And what do they say to you? I mean, how, not, how, how does all of this come about, man? So, um, so they reached out after they saw my social media. And, and I don't remember if they, if they got at me like through TikTok or Instagram, but they saw my social media and they were like, Hey, this is what we want to do, you know, and we want you to be a part of it. And I was like, well, it makes sense because that's what I do. That's, you know, that's my job. That's what I'm doing. Um, so it just felt like, like a natural progression, not just for my business, but for me as a person with where I was, you know, I had already quit teaching. Um, left the school system, was just going to school full time and working on my business. And so it felt like, okay, well, this is, you know, the universe line and stuff up for me. Let me jump in here and, and share my business now really with the world. Because mm-hmm. I got people now from the UK um, reaching out to me, um, wanting me to match them. So and that okay. was my goal. So my goal for um, 2021 was to try to get international. Okay. To get more okay. international. 
Okay. And not, not just like clients on the outside. I also want to get into like the prisons in the UK because they you, don't man. have, yeah, they don't have the, um, really the pen pal site like we do here in the U.S. So mm. I'm working and I'm trying. Now, now look at you, man. You, you go from just, just really looking for love and, and a pen pal inside to now you have discovery showing up, you know, at you in your face with, with cameras and, and you're, and you're doing a, you're doing a show, man. And then the mm-hmm. show takes off, catches fire, you know, and we do, uh, we go through the six episodes. Now, what is your overall take of that whole process in season one, now that it's complete and behind you? Well, so in the beginning, I was hella nervous, like, because that's not, I'm not like the camera person you know I'm the one taking the pictures and the videos of people I'm not I'm not used to being in front of the cameras but I felt like I wanted to do it because it was going to give people a glimpse on a different different side of the whole prison dating world like we have like the love after lockup life after lockup shows that show this like chaotic um shit show really is what it is, you know, when it comes down to it. And I wanted people to see the, the starting out, like how the relationship starts, mm-hmm. like, how, you know, the connection, the, the insecurities from both sides, you know, everything, all the real emotions that go into it when you're dating somebody incarcerated. So I felt like season one was a good glimpse into just the start of it. Um, I wish that it wasn't over. Like, you know, it was only six episodes and there was so much more content. I felt like we really could have captured, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, with potentials for like season two, that we can, we can get into more, we can show more relationships. We can show more positivity and really open people's eyes who maybe not, not so much want to date somebody incarcerated, but to show, to change their stigmas that everybody locked up is a bad person that, you know, and they don't deserve anything because that's, that's, unfortunately, that's what everybody thinks. Like in my DMs right now, if it's not people asking for help, like to match or be matched, it's people saying, I don't understand, or I didn't understand why you were doing this until I saw your show. So I feel like it's opening the eyes for people that may have not thought so positively about um, reintegration into society. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said it perfectly. I, it was, it was because, and this is why I started doing the breakdowns and, and, and I want people really to see these breakdowns because I'm, I'm given that, that deep inside view of, of what this show really brings. I get a mm-hmm. lot of people that, that say like what you say that this is, Oh, this is like, um, life after lockup or love after lockup or whatever it is. I've never seen any mm-hmm. of these other shows. This is the only prison show that I've watched because I know these other prison shows are, are, are just capitalization off, off inmates. Mm-hmm. Right. The difference between prisoner of love and all the other shows is exactly what you said is it's, it's showing. And I don't know if this was even the intention, but it's showing what we have to go through on a reentry process and especially coming home and, and, and meeting somebody new that we've never met before, but we've made in, in the, in the instance of Bryce and Alundra, they formed the connection over four years. And this is what the intention of what your business is supposed to be about. 
And, yes. and the intention of reaching out to us on the inside is to know that we have issues. We're in prison. Mm-hmm. We have issues, right? right. And, and what we need is, is somebody that does not have issues that can help us correct our issues. And that takes years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what Alundra and Bryce had was that connection where they could get to know each other on a spiritual level without no physical interaction as a mm-hmm. distraction, right? It's, it's, it's just growing mentally and spiritually. And then they come home, you know, and then you start to see the pressure that's put on Bryce, yeah. right? the pressure from his family and, and, and her, you know, you could really start to see the pressure that she's putting on him, you know, and, and you start to see toxicity grow in a relationship. And this is what's happening all over America and people aren't understanding. And of course, in our minds, we're always blaming ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. because, because we've been, we've been, we've been blaming ourselves our whole life. Everybody's been blaming us our whole life, you know? So Bryce's first reaction was to blame himself. I have to do better. I have to do better, but this show is phenomenal from what I can see. And, and there's, there's so much, awareness that can can come out of this show the only gripe that i have is the kind of comical reality tv-ish spin that discovery's putting on it i would like them Mm -hmm. to to, to make it just a little more serious because it's this this is something that america has to watch the world has to watch so we can understand not only what I explained there, but number two, which is even more important, is you have, look at Michael, look at Bryce, look mm-hmm. at um, look at Devin, look at these guys that are spending four or five years in prison and they're coming home still uneducated on any kind of way on how to interact with society, right? any kind of education on why they even went to prison. And Prisoner of Love, man, is exposing all of this. I think that it has to have the reality TV aspect because that's what America loves. That's what draws people in. We in the U.S. are so obsessed with reality TV. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, that's, that's where we're at. And especially since the pandemic, um, I had this conversation yesterday with one of my friends. Um, he said he never watched TV. He's like, I haven't watched TV in seven years till the pandemic. He's like, now I'm obsessed with reality TV. But I think it's because we were craving these like situationships, should I say, and relationships and the, the connecting with people that we no longer really have, you know, due to COVID, that it, people were more drawn to watching reality TV. Um, so I think that discovery by doing it, reality TV style, is going to reach a broader market than just somebody that wants to watch a documentary on prison relationships. Just my thoughts. No, no. And, and you're, and you're 100% correct, but I think that's, that's some of the issue or if not a lot of the issue, right. Is because mm-hmm. it's, it's still, it's still creating more stigma and miseducation mm-hmm. because like in the case of Devin and, and Issa, I really feel that Devin really did care for Issa, that he was not yeah. trying to use her 
that he was not trying to manipulate her, but there was just a lot of miseducation that went into that relationship. And as I explained mm-hmm. in some of the breakdown, Issa really wasn't getting the proper answers. And she was led down to believe that Devin was fraudulent. And that's mm-hmm. how her thought process was through the whole time until it came to the point that she couldn't trust anything. And then she just I think out. she went into the re- So I think really with Issa, she went into the relationship with the wrong intentions. Like, mm. I really believe that because originally <clears throat> she was looking at Devin as a school project. Mm. That's it. She wasn't looking to make a connection or find love. So with, with Issa, I think that she was, when she went into the relationship, she wasn't <clears throat> fully committed to having a relationship with somebody incarcerated from mm. the get go. She also was too worried about what people thought. Who cares what people think? That's life. Everybody's always going to judge you. You know, no matter what you're doing, somebody's always judging you. So her age, the fact that she cared too much about what people thought about her. She was worried about her parents' reaction. You know, she said it numerous times um, to me and throughout the, you know, the season that she was worried about her parents finding out. If you're scared mm. about your parents finding out that you're in a relationship and that you care about somebody, it's not going to go anywhere. You right. know, you're still with your, you're living under your parents' roof. It's, just, it's not going to happen. So I think that her, just her intentions in general were not right for Devin. Mm-hmm. And Devin is a great person. He's such a great guy. He really is. Yeah. He, he you know, he has, he has a good heart. He's motivated. He just wants love. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hopefully. Well, this, um, this I, that's is, my mission right now is to find him a girlfriend. Well, this is what goes into to my next question. So, like, do you take what happened with Issa and Devin and how do you make that applicable to your filtering process to make sure and protect the inmates as much as you're protecting your, you know, the, the free people as well? Because, you know, we have abandonment issues and I guarantee Devin has abandonment issues. You know, mm-hmm. and, and when, when we're setting them up with people who, like in Issa's instance, you know, h- how do we protect them from, from more abandonment issues? So when I'm asking the questions, I, I, I literally send a questionnaire out and it's got 20 questions on it. And one of the questions is, is why? Like, why are you interested in dating someone incarcerated? Mm-hmm. What's your reasoning? Because there's plenty of guys on the street, you know, especially these like, like Issa, she's so cute. You know, she's a cute little, cute little 20 something year old that she mm-hmm. could easily go out anywhere and, and find somebody. So what's her reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, with Issa, I didn't get to do that because she found Devin on my site. She reached out. They had already built a relationship before either one reached out to me about with questions or concerns. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was too late. You know, it was too late for me to go through that process. Had I known that she was only looking for a school paper, a project, Devin was her project, you know, my advice would have been way different to her. You know, she, mm-hmm. she was acting one way, but relaying and speaking another way when it came to Devin. So. And we have to protect ourselves as yeah. well. I mean, you know, like, like Devin, you know, I think Devin jumped in head first without kind of asking himself those questions like, why is this chick reaching out to me? Like, what's her agenda? 
Like, this is a beautiful chick. You know what I mean? And how do I know she don't have a boyfriend out there? And yeah. instead of instead of just going in head first, because, yeah, I mean, Issa is a, is a beautiful young lady. And, and I could guarantee that Devin spent many, many, many hours just sitting in there, just thinking about what their future is going to be and the things mm-hmm. that they're going to do when he gets out, you know, and, and all of this stuff, you know, for her just to yeah. fall off in the end. So everything, everybody on the show was fat. Okay. And Michael? And, and Michael, my boyfriend, you know, um, everything was streamlined as in like a short time frame okay. because it was TV. So, it, you know, it looks like over the course of six episodes that I hopped from one guy incarcerated to the next, like I'm an inmate hopper. When, you know, that's not the case. Like this show has been in process a while. It, it wasn't just like a six month filming. Uh-huh. Got so. it. Okay. So every, so all the relationships, everything that we saw was real. There was, there was no, and, and again, these are, these are aspects of the show that I love, you know? So, so Michael is, as we saw Michael, Michael is really, that, that's who we're, we're seeing is, is this cat out here like this? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting character. He um, was a different person in prison than he was when he got out on the street. We, a lot of our goals aligned when he was, when he was in prison. So when he was in prison, we had a lot of the same goals. He had great ideas for my business. He gave me a lot of feedback on um, matching people and, and posting people and things to look for. And um, he was real involved, which is why I felt comfortable. Like when he got out being like, Hey, why don't you, you know, go live on TikTok for me. Let's make some videos, answer some questions, because everybody's got questions all the time, and, and, and see what happens. And then it just turned into this, like, shit show. It was no longer about, let's answer questions about pen pals and how to help someone incarcerated and what these people are looking for and needing. It turned into all about him, what, what was going to benefit him, um, you know, and, and flirting with the women. And he was live for hours and you only saw like a short clip of it. Um, but he was live for hours, hours mm-hmm. of like flirting with women. So when I woke up and I wasn't on there. So when I woke up the next morning, I had 80 something messages from mm-hmm. some of them strangers, some of them, you know, friends or people that knew me through my sites or, you know, knew what I was doing. They're like, girl, even the guys were like, baby, you got to go. He, he's got to go. Lightweight taken, one. but you're lightweight he, taken though. The hell, I mean, his excuse was the best. He was like, "Oh, it's just a you know prison term." Like I'm lightweight, waiting for the microwave, and light. I'm like, and I kept thinking, I was like, I'm not that dumb. Like I'm naive on some stuff, and always. Well, to, that's what know? I, I want to ask you about that because these again, you're you you experienced it now. You know, you're mm-hmm. setting people up with these relationships who some are probably experienced and you went through, but you actually just went through this now. So how, how, I mean, how did you deal with all of that with the show, with the relationship, with just the, the, the fame now all in your life, you're not, you're not nobody Chelsea anymore. You're, you're prisoner of love Chelsea now. And, and, but at the end of the day, you're still nobody Chelsea and you still want that love that you originated, you know, originally went out for. So how do you as Chelsea Holmes, how are you, how are you dealing with all of this in your life? Originally, I was not looking for a relationship with Michael. 
Mm-hmm. I was going to find Michael someone. That was the, that was the, just the goal. He was not, he's not my type. Like he's not somebody that I would go after. He's not somebody that he's younger than me for starters. So what do I really have in common with the 32 year old man? I'm 42 years old. I don't have anything in common with him besides, you know, sexual tension. That's going to be it. So I was, the more we talked and the more like our relationship grew as friends, it seemed, I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I need to try something different. Maybe I need to think outside the box, like as far as my own relationships are concerned. So that's why I was willing to take a chance with Michael. After like all this, like, you know, cause now the world has seen my chaos with Michael and most, for the most part, people are like, they reach out to me. They're like, Chelsea, I'm so sorry. You were so better than him. I wish, you know, from the beginning, that, you know, we all could have been there and, and said, he's not the one, you know, he's using you and so forth. But it was a learning experience. I feel like the relationship with Michael and showing the world that even as a matchmaker, I can still screw up as well as I do with my own relationship just makes me more, not approachable, but more real. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so here's this woman who's also struggling with finding love herself but she's also matching people. So I'm learning from my own experiences, which makes me a better matchmaker. Well, no question because, because it gives you red flags. And if you truly care about your clients, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're going to know that, listen, I've went through this. I already know these are are red flags and such, but when you have everybody telling you that Michael's using you and, and you kind of know in the back of your mind, like, but what are you telling yourself that millions of other women are telling themselves that continue on with this relationship and allows <laughs> okay, so, you to put this clown on your, on your channel and, and have him doing the things that he does? How does this happen? So when I was physically up there with Michael, like, you know, um, because we, we, we were together for a week up there, hanging out and spending time together and, and stuff like that. And just getting to know each other. And in the back of my mind, I was like, this is not going to work. Like when I go back to Florida, this is not going to work. Especially because we had a few conversations. And I think y'all saw like a snippet of it on the show where he was like, well, as long as the women can control themselves around me. And I was like, kind of childish thing to say well it's, a, it's a, it gives him a, it gives him an excuse so when it happens he can say well she didn't right. control herself exactly and so I came back with that in the back of my mind but he continued like he had been we were facetiming multiple times a day even if it was just like I'm cooking dinner I got him on the counter we're having a conversation while I cook or mm-hmm. you know talking when I go get the kids from school or you know and it was multiple times a day so it felt normal planning the next time I was coming up there, you know, everything seemed right. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I was just overthinking it from that one conversation. So after, you know, a couple of weeks of being home, I was like, Hey, what, what do you think about, we're talking about my business. And I was like, why don't we do a, a live session and you're, you answer questions. So then afterwards, and I got all the messages, I'm like, maybe that was not the right time. Like maybe, and, and, and I was trying to give him a benefit of a doubt. Okay. He's been locked up for a long time. He's really had not had female attention other than from me, you know, and that was towards the end of his sentence. And now he's got thousands of women watching him flirting with me. Maybe he's just trying to be nice and he's overwhelmed. 
that that was me trying to give him the benefit of a doubt. But then his response, like when I question him and like the lightweight taken, and I'm like, well, why did you continue? Like when people would ask if you had a girlfriend, you'd kind of like, oh, yeah, like mm -hmm. not answer the question. Mm -hmm. I said, and make it, and he also made it seem like my business was his business, that he was the one. Like, it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me that's been doing it for years. It's now mm -hmm. just all, only him. And I was like, maybe his intentions really aren't what I thought. Mm -hmm. So after that argument, we had this like distance between us where he stopped calling every morning. Yeah, stopped texting. And I was like, okay. This is what we're going to do. I guess this is where we're at. And I was like, we need to have a conversation. And he's like, yeah, I think we do too. But I think he was also scared because he was thinking, she's got her shit together. She's helping me as I need it. She wants me to be successful. So the he probably system, saw yeah. me. Yeah, he saw me as his support system who might not be there anymore. So he was still trying to like keep me, you know, keep me in there. So then the night he went live at three o'clock in the morning on my um, TikTok and making choices that he shouldn't have been making, you know, he's drunk and high and, and whatever and hanging out with his friends and using the bathroom on live TV. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. This I'm done. I, I was done. And even like with his, he tried to, his excuses were just, he didn't have any. Like you, no. there's no excuse for that because behavior. Because he, because he has no, he has no thought process, and and this is, again, a, a a big issue that we have with people coming out of prison is there's just no thought process. It's just what I can achieve in the next ten minutes. So right. yes, he saw you as as security, as mm -hmm. a hell of a security. You know what I mean? And the this is what they do. They sit in there, they work out, they get toned, they 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 build their bodies out and and they with the expectations of coming home and some woman is going to drool over them and pull them in and and want mm -hmm. to to love on them and support them and then when that goes awry you know because you've mm -hmm. never changed your original behavior you've never changed who you are so eventually yes you're gonna the real michael is gonna come out you know, yeah. and then now you get pushed outside of that support bubble and, and now you're realizing, well, shit, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I do now? It, yeah. So we were going, so after the live and after a few like really uncomfortable conversations, he made an effort and he, you know, like he called and, and we were like FaceTiming one morning and then he's like, okay, well, I'll call you back in a couple of hours. Trying to come back and in it, the bubble. Yeah. And then I didn't hear from him from, for 24 hours. And then his excuse was, oh, I forgot about you. Um, okay, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, and so I had already made up my mind that this was not what I wanted for myself, for my business, for my mm -hmm. life period. This was, like, he wasn't even a friend anymore. And I'm a friend with all my, like, every man that I've ever dated in life, I'm still friends with. That's just my personality. Like, you know, it was in the past. We got over it. We're friends now, but I have zero desire to be friends with him, which is not like me. Um, well, no, but, we're not, we're not doctors, right? right? But we're experienced grown people who, who have dealt with, with many people. Yeah. Would you say that you were involved with a narcissist? Absolutely. But more than a narcissist, 
I really think he was borderline like sociopath because he mm. shows zero emotion for anything. Like anything. Like he couldn't even. So after it's all said and done, we've like after our blow up, we're finished. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want to be friends. He drives off. That night I'm sitting in the Airbnb and he's calling me. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, do you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, no. Who <laughs> does like, that? I'm like, look, dude, we just like broke up. Oh. I don't want anything to do with you. And he's like, can I come over? No. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. And a week later, I'm home. He's still calling. I'm not answering it. Finally, one day I answer. My daughter and I are sitting on the couch. I had him on speakerphone. He's like, I miss you. But the way he said it was so monotone. And I'm like, this fool just thinks that I'm dumb. And I'll be like, okay, baby, come on. You know? And I was like, okay. And then he's like, he says, Chelsea, I love you. But he said it like a singing, mm -hmm. super fake. Mm -hmm. You know and what he's doing? You know what he's doing there? He's that? fishing. Yeah. He's fishing. This is what narcissists do is, is he's, he's throwing out all of these little, these little lines with bait on it to see which, mm -hmm. which emotion jumps on that line. And then he'll trigger in onto mm -hmm. that emotion and work his way back in through that. That's what he's doing now. Yeah. Well, I, so I muted him and I looked at my daughter and she, you know, she's 13 and she's like, She's like, that's really weird. She's like, why can't he just say, Chelsea, I love you? Why does he have to like sing it? And I was like, because he's lying. I was like, he's just, you know, he can't even say it normal because he knows it's a lie. I was like, and, and, I, was, and I told him, I said, thank you. <laughs> he said, I love you. I'm like, mm. oh, okay, thanks. I was like, well, I got to go. And that was well, the thank, last conversation. Thank so. God you got out of there with, with the little scrapes that you did, you know, because it yeah. could have been much worse. You know, Absolutely. especially giving giving him the keys to your car, you know, like that. Whew. But yeah. lessons learned, you know, and, and hopefully right. again, these 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 types of red flags are are again brought into that filtering system as as you're making these connections or whatnot. So Absolutely. um is is Dexter and Yolanda still active? Are they No, they're not. Um they're not. and I think, yeah, they're not. I think that both of them had like so much going on in their life. And then when she was sent back due to her injury, um, she just was super depressed. Mm -hmm. And, De but Dexter was there for, like he was there to talk her through it and to be with her and, you know, just, just to help her mentally get through it. But then once she got out, she's, you know, done, she's got her life going for, it just kind of fell apart because they were both, Number one, they're in different parts of the U.S., mm -hmm. the first thing. But they're both different goals and different things that they're heading for. You know, she's living one day at a time. Dexter wants to make a future with somebody. I get it. And they're still friends. Like, you know, they're still friends. They still talk all the time. I see her make posts on Dexter's, you know, pictures he posts and stuff like that. And it's always sweet and friendship. Nothing, nothing more than sometimes that. sometimes connections are made just to help us get through hard times you know and then yep. and then and then that's it but but um as you said she's still living day to day and and that's how mm -hmm. many of us do you know live in that survival right. survival mode type so um discovery plus chelsea holmes prisoner of love um is there anything else that you want to cover about the show or say or um 
I don't think so. Like if they have, if your viewers haven't watched it, they should check it out. Give some feedback too. Always open to feedback, not just for my personal life, but for the business. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And hoping for season two, if there's enough response from the people on the streets that they enjoy it and the, you know, discovery, that's when they'll bring it back. Hopefully I can, I'd love to have the whole cast on for real. Yeah, that'd be fun. Interview all of them. Mm -hmm. Especially, I, I would love to, to talk to Dexter and Yolanda. I would love to talk to Bryce. And are they still together? Did they, they get are, married? Yeah. They so did. Still, Happily man, married. I would love to talk yeah. to them, man. I would love to talk to them for real. And, um, yeah. and that's it. So when does season two? I don't know. We're still waiting to hear back from Discovery on if they're going to pull us for season two. Hopefully I'll know something soon. Um, I'd love to have Discovery follow it because I have, I feel like for season two, I have a lot of amazing things that I would love to share with the world, like the weddings and, and then of course my relationship, everybody needs to see my relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, no Discovery, so, man. Right? I mean, Discovery, this, we, we can make this into a, a huge thing, man. If Discovery would, would see the potential that's there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and so we'll see hopefully man it's to me that was um it was emotional for me i got emotional at times because i can relate to all of those emotions i've been in those emotions i've seen people mm -hmm. go through those things so it was very emotional for me and it, it um it just made me glad that i'm 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 where i'm at now so thank you for what you do chelsea yeah, and thank thanks. you for for um, realizing that that we need love too. Yeah. And for understanding, you know, that um, we're not all bad guys. You know, we That's just right. got issues. You know, we just have issues that we haven't learned how to deal with. And we, mm -hmm. we need positive people in our lives, you know, that isn't from our circle. You know, Absolutely. It, it has to be, it has to be, this is why I tell our communities that we have to start accepting these people and stop turning our backs on them because we are the ones that can help bring them back into society instead of putting all the pressure on them like we do Bryce, you know, so. Well, your recidivism rates are lower. That's the biggest thing. Like if these people would be more open to helping the people incarcerated build positive relationships and positive friendships and mentorship, everything, then these people coming out are less likely to go back in. So, you know, you're just, you're helping your community by being a good person in reality. And, what it is. and, and, and that's it. That's the bottom line. It's just yeah. that simple. So then what we have to do as a community is sit back and say, well, if it's just that simple and it's not happening, right. Then you have to mm -hmm. sit back and say, I wonder, you know, is there an agenda behind keeping these people ignorant and the recidivism mm -hmm. high, you know, because yeah, if it's just that easy to fix it. So well, about that money that's another topic for another day though another topic for another day so continue yes, focusing on what you do and i'm gonna focus on what i do here at free me tv and that's exposing mm -hmm. the people to that truth and making yeah. sure that this stays for the inmates for the convicts and that they're not getting abused manipulated or monetized in any kind of way you know so yeah. and, and if people want to reach out to me they mm -hmm. can uh, look me up on social media Chelsea Holmes or Prison Love and Friendship. I can answer any questions, like if they have questions or might want to post a loved one or looking for a match. 
That's right. And me and you were working together as far as if you get connected with Chelsea Holmes and in, mm-hmm. in a match and you do need counseling with your, you know, with your service or anything of that, that nature, I do have, you know, a life coaching in, in that aspect as yeah. well. So I help the families out. I'll help couples out and, and give proper instructions and education as to what the inmate may be experiencing, but don't know how to articulate. So uh, we don't see the toxicity like we do with Bryce and and Alundra. So teamwork makes the dream work and we grow and educate and, and, and get people in love, man. Yeah. So I had a guy um, tell me this morning real quick um, that he was like, you know how people have like plugs for their drugs. And I'm like, yeah, he said, my wife, this is the guy that's getting married. He's like, my wife and I decided we're going to call you the plug for love. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> the the plug love plug. Love. You're the, the love, love plug. plug. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I could <laughs> right. see a whole chain coming out right off that yep. right there. Prisoner mm-hmm. of love, love plug. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chelsea. All right. All right good talking to you. Me. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and keep trucking, mama. Yeah, you too, babe. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.